you. All right, well, hey, today we're going to talk very briefly. I know everyone's anxious to go play in the snow uh, or to maybe get something hot to eat or whatever. And uh, I'm going to talk briefly about our first love. And it's been an interesting day so far. It started out interesting. So, uh, you know, it's Valentine's Day. Uh, so I want to welcome everyone here on Valentine's Day. Let me tell you what happened to me first thing on Valentine's Day. Um, most of y'all are aware that Pastor Dave is, is dating Erica Carpenter. So, whoo, I actually got to go on a date last weekend. I don't, we don't get to go on dates very much because like we're, you know, we got, we're like grown up. I went on a date last weekend. I went to Costco with Erica Carpenter. I told y'all that's where we go. And not only Costco, I went to Walmart. Right. I went to Walmart with her afterwards and it was romantic because they had, they had hearts everywhere and candy and flowers, man, they had it all decorated for us. And, uh, but when you're in your forties and you're dating, you got children, that's where you go on dates is like grocery stores and Walmart and all that stuff. So, so this morning I decided, Hey, I'm going to send a sweet little good morning text. Uh, I'm going to send a sweet good morning text and, and, and talk about the snow and, that way, when 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 Miss Erica wakes up on Valentine's Day, she'll see that, that Dave sent her a sweet text. Uh, problem is, I didn't send it to her. I sent it to Ryan because <laughs> he was the last one I had read a text from. So Ryan woke up with a sweet Valentine's text. So nice. <laughs> he said he felt ten years older and felt like a parent. So, uh, so Ryan, if Ryan, if you don't mind. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't mind, just forward that on to Erica for me. Yeah, okay. So, so Erica, if you get a text from Ryan, that's for, really from me. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Revelation chapter two. We're going to start reading from that Revelation chapter two, starting with the second verse. Uh, it's a, I'm reading from the the, the Passion translation. Hey, it's Valentine's Day. I'm reading from the Passion translation. Okay, it says. Uh, uh, Christ is actually talking to uh, the church at Ephesus, and, and John is seeing this incredible vision while he's on the Isle of Patmos. He's having this incredible vision, and he's inside the temple, and he's seeing, uh, he's seeing Jesus appear in the temple, and he's standing behind these lampstands, seven lampstands, which represented seven different churches. And then he, in his hand, he saw seven stars, and those stars represented the angels or the messengers of the church. Isn't that a, a wonderful thought? That, that the Lord would assign an angel for, for each fellowship. So gathering church, I believe, uh, has, has uh, not just one angel. I think, I think we all have uh, the, the angelic uh, beings that the Lord assigns to us to, for our life, but that, that there is a particular messenger, perhaps, assigned to uh, gathering church's fellowship. That's, that's a, a neat thought. Uh, so, so he gives this message to, to that angelic being or that, that messenger uh, for the church at Ephesus, which Paul wrote, you know, that's where we get the book of Ephesians. It was Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. And this is what he says to him. Man, it starts out, it's a great resume. It says this, I know all that you've done for me. You have worked hard and persevered. I know that you don't tolerate evil. Man, that's a good thing. We talked about that in men's fellowship uh, in the men's Bible study yesterday uh, with with the need to be able to hold each other accountable. And, and how do we even do that? And, and that sometimes, as much as we love each other, sometimes we, it's, it's hard. We have to, if there's evil in our midst, we have to, we have to call it out and allow the Holy Spirit to, 
uh, you know, to start mending us. And, and yet the church at Ephesus had been doing that. He says, you don't tolerate evil. You have tested those who claim to be apostles and proved they are not, for they are imposters. And, and hey, there's been times that we've had to kind of, you know, feel our way through ministry and what feels right and what hasn't. So, so we, we can garner some, some comparisons even with, with our fellowship. He says, I also know how you have bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name, yet you have not become discouraged. Isn't that, isn't that a great thought? Man, hey, we, the last few years, some of us have endured some incredible trials. And yet, you know, I, I look across and, and everyone's still trucking. Everyone, you know, there have been days that have been hard, but we've, we've kept our faith in the Lord and not gotten discouraged. And uh, man, what, what, a great, what a great testimony so far. And it sounds like the church at Ephesus is quite the church. But notice verse four, he says, but I have this one thing against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Some translations say you have abandoned your first love. Then he says, think about how far you have fallen. Repent. Remember the, the, the word is met no uh, in the Greek. It means to Think about something and then think about rethink it. Or in other words, do it in about face. Look at something completely different. He says, he says, repent, go about it completely different. He says, and do the works of love you did at first. I, I want that to sink in. He just got through reading or listing off all these incredible things that the church of Ephesus was doing. Hey, they weren't tolerating evil. They were holding each other accountable. You know, they weren't letting... Uh, just anybody come in and try to try to minister the word of God. They were they were vetting people to make sure they were the real deal. You know they were per, they were suffering trials and persecutions and not getting discouraged from it. They were man their faith they were they were keeping their faith strong. But Jesus actually threatened to remove their lampstand, re- remove their influence. Why? He said because you've you've lost you've lost your love. You you you've turned away from me my, your first love. And he said, think about, rethink about everything that you're doing and get back to doing the works of love that you started out doing. Man, I, I, every time I read that, uh, it it convicts me, uh, in a good way. I, you know, we can be, think about it. We can become so busy doing everything that we consider to be the work of God that we can totally forsake and forget that time that intimacy, that connection that we have with him. You know, I've, I've got so much going on. It, it's hard to, to just stop down. You know, we, on a weekly basis, we, we have a pastoral staff meeting and, and uh, we go through and we make sure that we have everything, uh, you know, every I dotted, every T crossed uh, so that, that we can facilitate service. There's quite a bit of uh, activity that goes on just to have, a 10 o'clock church service up at the LECC. I mean, folks are showing up at 7 a.m. sometimes uh, or shortly thereafter to start setting up the stage, start setting up the sound system. We got sound check, all the rehearsal that goes into uh, the, you know, learning songs, learning new songs, uh, the, the time that goes into preparing for sermons. All the time it takes to, to, to strike everything, to put it up you know, and, and clean it up. Uh, so an hour and 15 minute church service is really close to about a five hour event for many of us. 
and and it's all good stuff. But it is possible to be putting all that effort into things. It is possible to be reaching out to the community. And, and we're about to reach out. We've got some uh, gift bags we're going to be passing out here shortly in the next few weeks. I'm excited about it to, to, to all the, the people that have moved in since last year uh, to welcome them to the neighborhood and, and, and let them know that we even exist, that we're meeting on Sunday mornings. And that's a good thing. But it is possible to be doing all that. And it doesn't make a hill of beans to the Lord because we can forsake him. We could be doing all that and not put any emphasis on our connection and our time with him. And that's really what all of this is about is to connect people to Christ. Because as we're connected to Christ, we are unified back with God. And there's so much healing and love and, and, and passion. That's really what this is all about. It's not to build a namesake for gathering church. It's not to edify and lift up anyone's particular ministry, but it's just to know him and to make him known. How can you make someone know him if you don't even know him yourself? And, and that's what Jesus was saying. Hey, he said, go back to the works of love. All these great things that seem so impressive. Just go back to the works of love that you started in the first place. Loving me and loving others. Man, how powerful is that? You know, uh, Luke chapter 10, starting with verse 38, uh, tells a story of, of two sisters, right? Uh, reading from the Passion Translation says, And Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey. They came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation she shared. So while Jesus is hanging out, and he's, he's hanging out in the living room talking and, and speaking truth, man, Mary sat down and was just soaking it up, right? Verse 40 says, but Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests, which really, if you think about it, that's some good things to do. You know, you, you want your house to be ready for guests. You know, people don't want to walk into a house and it looking like the way, you know, Bob and Carrie came in, the Dave Gave's a mess right now, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> people don't want that. If you're going to go over and spend time. So, so, you know, she's vacuuming, she's picking things up. She's dusting, she's changing the kitty litter out. She's doing all this stuff. And she goes to Jesus. She says, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted. I won't take this privilege from her. Think about that. All these good things. I mean, hey, good housekeeping is good, I mean, especially if you're going to have guests. That's some important things. Nobody wants to come and sit around and filth. But Jesus is like, you're, you're become so distracted by this. Is this stuff really that important? Mary has figured out what is most important. And what is most important is to sit at my feet and to receive. When was the last time that we made time just to sit at his feet with no distractions? Say, well, man, I got so much going on. You know what? In, in reality, and, and I'm preaching to myself above anyone else. In reality, if we make time for whatever it is we want to do, we'll make time for vacations. We'll make time to call friends, to connect. We'll make time to, to eat dinners. We'll, we'll make time 
We'll make time to attend church. Well, that's a good thing, right? Well, it doesn't amount to anything if I'm not spending time just sitting at his feet, sitting in his presence, talking with him, you know, allowing him to love on me. Why? Because he's got to be my first love. He's got to be more important than anything else in my life. And he's not legalistic about it. You know, if you're not spending 20 minutes or 60 minutes or no, it's just, man, is is there any time during the day that I just sit down? Hey, when you love somebody, if you're in a marriage and you want that marriage to work at some point in time, you get busy, but at some point in time, you're going to come together and just sit down and be in each other's presence and love on each other. It is no different than us and our relationship with the Lord. Matter of fact, Deuteronomy chapter five, when, when he's, God is listing out the 10 commandments to Moses, look at the first thing he says. God's always been this way. Deuteronomy chapter five, starting with verse six, he says, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. In other words, hey, I set you free from bondage. I, I don't know about you guys. He has set me free from so much and he's continuing to set me free. And he's reminding me, hey, that's me that's doing that. You know, I'm your God. Verse seven says, you shall have no other gods before me or besides me. Man, what have it? what is it that I have been putting before him in my life? What has become more important than him? Not only that, he said, not only don't put anything, any other God before me, but don't put him besides me either. Don't make him equal to me. What, what have I been giving in my life attention to that I have made just as important as God? Man, we've got to return back to our first love because that's really what it's all about. What a what a, what better Valentine's present can you give to yourself than refocusing back on your first love? Exodus 34 tells us he's a jealous God. You know? Hey, he this is a romance for him. He don't want you he doesn't want you cheating on him. He wants your love and your attention to be on him. Matthew 26, starting with verse 21 says this. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. What is it that you value most? Well, that's where your heart is. Is your heart, does your heart really belong to him? Or does your heart belong to other things that you're pursuing? Because whatever you treasure, that's where your heart is, the Bible says. He goes on to say, the eyes of the, of the eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. But if your eyes are focused on money, he's, he's talking about money here, but it can be applied to anything in life. If your eyes are focused on the issues of your family or the, the, the issues of life or, or conflict at your job or, or, or whatever, whatever the case, or politics, the political scene, if that's all you're focusing on, whatever he said, if your eyes are focused on this other stuff, a light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. How profound will be the darkness within you if the light of truth cannot enter. That's why people stumble through life sometimes. It's because they, they turn the lights out. They lose their first love, the focus on their first love. But if we can focus and put him first, then the light of truth will fill our heart and the lights will be on. You'll be able to see what you may stumble over. You'll be able to see things that may be traps in your life or trigger points for you. Uh, but you got to keep him as your first love. Matthew 6, in closing says this. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these, notice how I love how it words it. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. 
still the, the, the passion translation. I love the way it words it because it ties it into our story from Luke where he looks at Martha and he says, you're, you're so consumed with these things that aren't important. They seem important to you, but really in the grand scheme of things, they're not really that important. And he says, man, if you'll put me first, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God, if you'll put me as your first love, if I come first above everything else, the Bible says in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. He says, man, if you'll put me first and my kingdom first, then all the less important things, all those things that you thought were so important that really aren't, hey, I'll add them to you. I'll let them be in your life and I'll give it to you abundantly. That's a pretty cool promise, but we've just got to get back to allowing him to be our first love. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for your treasure and that treasure is found in Christ. You said the kingdom of heaven is like a field where treasure was found and a man finds that treasure and he sells everything he has to buy the field, not just the treasure, but the whole field. And that's what you've done with us. You put a treasure in our heart and yet you bought all of us. You bought, when, when you got me, you got the whole thing. That means all my faults, all my shortcoming, but you believe in me. And Lord, I pray that you help us to make you our first love. Jesus, help us to fall in love with you all over again. Help it to, to be a divine, holy romance between us and you. That we can understand that life is good, even with trials and storms. Life is good. And life is great. And every day you give us, help us to live it for you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I love you guys. I want you to stay warm. I want you to stay safe. And uh, if you have any prayer requests or anything, leave a comment for us. Uh, share this video. If you want to get, get the church out there, help us help us to get the uh, get a little press so the folks know that we're here. We want folks to come worship and lift up the name of Jesus with us. So everyone say goodbye to everyone else out there. Bye. See ya.